Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with David dancing before the Lord, as we pick up in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And he was out there, he had on just a linen robe, a common garment, took off his kingly robes and everything, and was just dressed in a common garment of a common person, out with the crowd, dancing with all of his might before the Lord. I mean, he was just having a hilarious time. He was so excited, bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem with tremendous excitement and joy, and the people were praising the Lord, offering sacrifices, dancing before the Lord, David in the middle of them, dancing with all of his might and just singing praises unto God as the Ark of the Covenant was coming unto Jerusalem. And his wife, the daughter of Saul, Michelle, looked out the window and saw him doing that, and she hated him in her heart. So David had a big party, gave everybody a big portion of meat, jug of wine, sent them on their way, blessed all of the people. Everybody was thrilled. He was, you know, on cloud nine, just, all right, you know, just so thrilled. And he came in to bless his house, just overflowing. And who should meet him at the door but icicles? (laughs) Michelle. And she said, didn't the king behave himself gloriously today? uncovering yourself in front of all of those handmaidens. They're going to despise you. Boy, that big, cold put-down, cold blanket. You know, it, it is so hard when you've had such a glorious experience with the Lord, and you're just floating. You meet someone and say, well, aren't you just the one, you know? And, and they... <laughs> And, you know, (laughs) well, David's not one to be messed with. And he said to her, he gets very caustic with her. He said, it was before the Lord which chose me, cut, 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 before your father. (laughs) And before his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play before the Lord. It was before the Lord. I wasn't out there before the people. You know, you're making a big show in front of all those people, out there dancing, making a big show, making a big thing of yourself and all. David said, it was before the Lord who chose me before your father in his house. And I'm going to play before the Lord. And I will be yet even more vile than this and will be base in my own sight and of these maidservants which you have spoken of, I will be held in honor of them. Therefore, Michelle, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. He 
actually disgraced her by refusing then to have relationships with her and refused her the honor of having a child, which in that culture was the most important thing for a woman, was to bear a child, a son, especially for her husband. And David got even. He was not one that you really wanted to mess with. Now it came to pass when the king sat in his house and the Lord had given him rest round about from all of his enemies. Now he's established, he's strong, he's powerful. That the king said unto Nathan, the prophet, Look, I'm dwelling in a house of cedar, but the ark of God is dwelling there in the curtains. Nathan said to the king, Go and do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. Now David is expressing his desire to Nathan to build a house for God. Look, Nathan, I'm dwelling in this beautiful palace. The ark of God is still in that tent. I want to make a house for God. And Nathan, the prophet, is taken with the idea, ah, oh, David, that's great. Go and do all that is in your heart. But when Nathan went home, that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord, Shall you build a house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but I have walked in a tent and in the tabernacle. In all of the places wherein I have walked with the children of Israel, did I ever ask anyone to build me a house? Now therefore, so shalt thou say to my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheep coat, from following after the sheep, and I made you the ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee wherever you went. And I've cut off all your enemies out of your sight, and I've made you a great name like, to the, like the name of the great men which are upon the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I've caused thee to rest from all of your enemies, also the Lord tells you that he will build you a house. And when thy days are fulfilled and you sleep with your fathers, I will set thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy loins, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, in Acts chapter 2, verse 30, is Peter is making a commentary on this particular passage of Scripture, the word of the Lord to David. Peter tells us there that being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit upon his thrones. David understood that God was promising that the Messiah was going to come through his lineage. And it was a glorious promise of God. Disappointment to David, you can't build a house for me. But good news, David, I'm going to build you a house. From you, the Messiah shall come. 
And the Lord said, I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with a rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee, and thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, Nathan related it to David faithfully. And when King David went in and he sat down before the Lord and he said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me to this place? God reminded him of his past. I, you were just a shepherd. I took you from following after the sheep, and I made you the king, the ruler over my people. Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house? My family was nothing, that you should make me the king. He was just looking at the goodness that God had shown to him, that you should bring me to this place of ruling. Who am I, O Lord God? And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God, but you have spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. In other words, Lord, this is not a small thing. This is tremendous, but that isn't all. You now start to talk to me about my house for a great while to come. You start telling me of the future. You know, you look at what God has done for you. As David said, he brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He established my feet upon the rock, and he established my goings. God redeemed me from my sin. He's made me his son. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doesn't yet appear what we're going to be, but we know when he appears, we're going to be like him, for we're going to see him as he is. In other words, God has already done this for us, but then God gives us fabulous promises of the future of the kingdom of God where we shall dwell with him in righteousness, in joy and peace, in the everlasting kingdom, and we shall be heirs with him, joint heirs with Christ. We shall reign with him. All oh, the glorious things of God has spoken of your future. It's not a small thing that God has already done. It's fabulous what God has already done for us. When you think of what God took us from and what he has made us now as children of God in the fellowship with him, but then he just doesn't stop there. He goes on and he speaks about your eternal blessedness in his kingdom as you're living with him forever and ever. Is this the manner of man, O oh Lord God? No, it isn't the manner of man. This is, this is divine grace of which we know so very little in experience as far as man himself is concerned. And what can David say more to these things? God, I'm just speechless. I don't know what, I don't, I don't have words to express what I feel about your grace. Paul said, and what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who shall be against us? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God who is justified. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ who has died, yea, rather is risen again, and is even at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you. What can you say about it? Number one, God is for you. So many times we think God's against me. No, God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Well, Satan can be against you. But who is he against God? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? 
It is God who is justified. God's not laying any charges against you. Oh, how blessed is the man to whom God does not impute sin. God isn't laying any charges. Now, Satan is constantly charging you with failure, weakness, and so forth. But God isn't charging you with these things. He's justified you. He considers you as though they never happened. Who is he that condemneth? Jesus isn't condemning you. He said, hey, I didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. And he that believeth, note carefully, is not condemned. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. He that believeth is not condemned. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ who died, yea, rather is risen again and is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. Jesus is there tonight before the throne of God interceding in your behalf because of your weaknesses and your failures and your stumbling. He's there to intercede for you. Not condemning you. He's not saying, oh, Father, look at that. Fell again, didn't he? Why don't we wipe him out? Why don't we just forget him? Let's go to somebody else, Father. Not at all. As you stumble, he says, Father, just put that one to my account. Lay that on me. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He's there interceding, not condemning, but interceding for you, pleading your cause. Hey, if God is for us, what can you say to this? Ah, you know, <laughs> just, oh, Lord, too much, too much. We become just speechless when we realize the greatness of God's love and grace towards us. What more can David say, the most literate of all people, a guy who is so gifted at expression of himself, his heart, his feelings. I love to read the Psalms because of David's gift of expression. He's able to say the things that I feel that I can't say. He's able to articulate feelings of the soul and spirit that I've only been able to feel, never articulate. As the deer thirsteth after the water brook, so pants my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for thee as in a dry and barren land. Oh, you know, you go on and, ooh, that's beautiful. I love it, you know. And, and, and this guy who was so articulate, man, he got to the place where he just speechless. God, you're too much. If, if what you've already done, you've made me the king. I was just a little kid following sheep, you've made me the king of your people. And if this wasn't a small thing, Lord, you've spoken now of my house for a great while to come. You've promised the Messiah is going to, the Messiah is going to come. You know, Lord, what do I say? What do I say? For thy word's sake, and according to your own heart, have you done these great things. He says, hey, Lord, I know it's not me. I know it's not, you know, it's not because I'm somebody great or I'm so good. It's for your word's sake and according to your own heart that you've done these things. These things proceed from your righteousness, not from mine. They proceed from your goodness, not from my righteousness. 
God's grace is never a reward for your goodness or righteousness. God's grace always proceeds from his heart. And for his own word's sake, he does for you. Not because you're worthy, not because you're, you're especially nice, or you're especially good, now you're going to get this special blessing. Never. It's just because he loves you and that's his nature and that's his heart to show his love to you and just to totally overwhelm you, though you realize how totally undeserving and how unworthy you are. And the hardest thing to do is just to accept grace gracefully. My son came up. He called me Wednesday morning. He said, Dad, I need to talk to you. And so I said, okay. He said, I'll be up there about 2.30 this afternoon. I said, fine, I'll wait for you. So he came in and he sat down. And he said, Dad, I'm really worried. I said, what about? And he began to tell me of all of the blessings that have been laid upon him lately. God has just opened up and began to pour out blessings on that kid. So much so that he said, I'm just worried. You know, God has given me so much. I'm just getting worried, you know. The church bought them a new washer and dryer and just a lot of neat things. And, and he was just concerned. I said, it's really hard to accept grace gracefully, isn't it? And that was his problem. Just accepting God's goodness. Surely, you know, this is too much for me. I surely don't deserve this, you know. And, and just when, when God begins to pour it on, it gets hard to take. You know, because you think, oh, no, it's just too much, Lord. I don't deserve that and, and all. And that's one thing, though, that we have to learn is just to accept grace gracefully. God loves you, and he does it for you just because he loves you, not because you deserve it, not because you're worthy. Lord, it's for your word's sake and because of your heart, I know that you've done these things. It isn't because David is so good or so deserving, God. I know that. Wherefore, Lord, thou art great. O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Lord, you're just great. There's no one like you or any other God beside you. And what one nation in all of the earth is like your people, even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself and to make a, him a name and to do for you great things and awesome for thy land before the people which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt, from the nations and their gods. For thou hast confirmed to thyself thy people, Israel, to be a people unto thee forever, and thou, Lord, art become their God. And now, O Lord God, the word that you've spoken concerning your servant, concerning his house, establish it forever and do as you have said. And let your name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is God over Israel, and let the house of thy servant David be established before thee. For thou, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, hast revealed to thy servant, saying, I will build thee a house. Therefore hath thy servant found in his heart to pray this prayer unto you. And now, O Lord God, thou art that God, 
and thy words be true, and you have promised this goodness unto thy servant. Therefore now let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may continue forever before thee. For thou, O Lord God, hast spoken it, and with thy blessings let the house of thy servant be blessed forever. All right, God, you said it, you want to do it, have at it. Go ahead, Lord, fulfill your promise. I know that you've said it, and now, Lord, I want you to do it. Establish the house forever. So David's response to that glorious promise of God, establishing through him the coming Messiah. Return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 2 Samuel on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 2 Samuel 6-7 through when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. God bless you and give you a very profitable week. May your heart be knit to him in love. And may you be open to God that you might receive those blessings that he is desiring to bestow upon you just because he loves you. For no other reason, but just he thinks you're tops. And may you just experience that blessing of God flowing unto your life. May you wait upon the Lord and seek his guidance in all things, looking to him for direction, for the leading, for the timing. And thus may you walk in the Spirit and thus have a very profitable beautiful week in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Every year, Pastor Chuck used to give a prophecy update to prepare Christians to be ready to give an answer to anyone who wants to know what the Bible says about the future. And right now, The Word for Today would like to offer you resources that will help you comprehend and unravel the scriptures that pertain to prophecy, such as Pastor Chuck's commentary on the book of Revelation, 
or a collection of DVDs that relate to Israel, the rapture, and the Holy Spirit in the last days. I encourage you as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to become informed about what the Bible says about the soon return of Jesus Christ and to be able to share your faith with others. For more information about resources concerning biblical prophecy, call the Word for Today at 800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.